This episode is brought to you by the Second City Training Center. Find your funny this week with a $20 improv drop-in class at the Second City Training Center in Chicago. Your first drop-in is on us. Use the code TESTDRIVE, all one word, for a free improv drop-in any Sunday at 7 p.m. For more information, go to secondcity.com backslash TC or call 312-664-3959 to register. Hello, scientists. This is Mark Soloff, and welcome to part three of the Muffed Movies Jurassic Park episode. Today's episode features special guests General Ironicus from the History Honeys, Sex Archie, and Six Feet Under podcasts, and David Flora from the Blurry Photos podcast. Part three is a little bit short for my tastes, or it was. Um, it's just the way that the editing shook out. So I wanted to offer you a little something extra to make this episode a full meal and not just a little snack, a little amuse-bouge. Uh, I tweeted out for suggestions, and I got some really nice ones. If you don't follow me yet, by the way, I am at Blastra Podcast now. I used to be at Ask Detore. Now I'm at Blastra Podcast. Uh, so follow me on Twitter. Um and in the depths of my hard drive, I found something very unique. Uh, back in 2017, after seeing Star Wars The Force Awakens, I was so excited that I wanted to muff that movie right away. I thought that was a really good idea. So I started to do an episode of Muffed Movies all by myself. It was kind of weird, and it felt pretty self-indulgent, so I didn't pursue it beyond the first few scenes, but I think for the true Muffed Movies fans, it'll be a, a fun little glimpse into the kind of podcast I'd be making if the apocalypse comes, and I'm all by myself. Uh, that sounds dark, but the segment I made is fun. It's not meant to show off, but rather to play, so stay tuned for the very, very unique solo muffing starting immediately after the end of Jurassic Park. I hope you have as much fun listening to me play as I did playing with myself. Mm, sorry. Uh, let's see, we're on the, well, the forest, is that right? Live it up, Morty. Um, uh, we're about to kill Muldoon, yeah, forest. We're in the forest. Forest slam! Muldoon sets his hat on a log, thinking he's got the cleverest of decoys. <laughs> now, if I remember my time back in the Korean War, when I was a very, very young wild game hunter, you always put your hat right on a log. That way, the animal thinks the log is the man. Then you stay still like you are a log. Then they think the man is a log. Suddenly, from the side, a rustling. What's this, rustlers? Oiden, eh? <laughs> ah, I know that voice. <laughs> a raptor pokes its grinning face out from the bush, bushwhack king. Shine your shoes there, governor. Hey, hey. <laughs> Trying to get me with the old decoy trick, eh? Muldoon levels his shotgun toward that surprising raptor when suddenly there's a tap on his back. Excuse me, mate. What what you think you're doing in my voice? Hey, hey, look at me, boy. Look at me. I'm going to take your eyes out. I'm going to take your eyes out. I'm going to put them in my shoes <laughs> and walk on your eyes. Now say something nice to us. <laughs> <laughs> Muldoon pulls out his uh, secret sock beretta that he hides in those gigantic woolen socks that go all the way up his calf. Learn that one from Dodson. <laughs> <laughs> when suddenly a third raptor is visible so... Blade and holding itself above him, 
uh, spread out, holding itself on all four walls of the forest ceiling like a ninja. Hello, hello. What have we here? Oi, oi, oi. Mind if I drop in for a spot of tea? Hey, 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 Muldoon is enveloped in a tornado of cockniness, of cocknivity. Cockney girl. <laughs> uh, they all d- draw their small daggers <laughs> and just give them a right shiv. <laughs> Bit of the old ultraviolence. <laughs> Buzz cut. Back at the electric fence, Dr. Grant is kneeling over the unconscious body of tiny, tiny Tim. Tim, Tim, it's time to litigate, Tim. I don't know. No, I'm Tim! Trying everything here. <laughs> Maybe you should give him a little mouth to mouth, says Dr. Grant's inner voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I mean, part of being a father is. You know, resuscitating your dead child if Greek tragedy has told me anything. I'll, I'll give it a try. <laughs> Tim, still filled with vomit, just <laughs> spouts forth like old faithful. Sir, why? Sir, why? <laughs> I was in heaven. <laughs> Papa was there with me. He was going to tell me the secret of life. Well, the important thing is you're off that fence. I wonder if they'll have that on the tour. <laughs> Lex punches Tim. <laughs> Knocking him unconscious once again. <laughs> <laughs> Smash cut. Jurassic Park dining room. Grant drops the kids off. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> but Gotta hit the head. You know, it's not all bad because there's a bunch of unattended desserts for guests that were never there. There's like this whole... like. Uh, a caterer's table of cakes and pies, cakes and pies, <laughs> and like, like, who was this for? Was this going to be for like the uh, hooray gala for like the employees and the scientists that signed off on the park once they signed off on it on the final night? It was for whoever survived. <laughs> oh, it's the lifetime supply of chocolate at the end of not being killed by Willy Wonka. Oh, yeah. This is like a kind of Willy Wonka for a modern age. Anyway, Grant walks outside of the dining room to try to have a fucking second of peace and quiet. He takes out a smoke when suddenly the smoke is hugged out of his lips and replaced with the soft vulpine lips of his student, (laughs) Ellie Sattler. Paleobotanists. We're colleagues in this one, but run! Run! (laughs) She monkey hugs him and just clings onto him like a full body face hugger. (laughs) Ow, my back. Oi. Uh, Come on, I just climbed a fence. Get off me. Flash cut. Dining room. Lex and Tim are just having a, like, merry time eating that witch's candy house. When suddenly, raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Lex spots something that drives a cold spike of fear into the ice sculpture of her heart. She's holding her jalouse container (laughs) over her head, like squeezing that tiny tendril of sweet gelatin out. And suddenly it starts vibrating with the greatest of fears. Uh, she spots the silhouette of 
El Raptor. Oi, Danny. Oi. Oi. Oi, Danny. What's an egghead? Who's got me desserts? Eating all me pasty pies, are ya? <laughs> Cleaver cut to the kitchen. Kids, throw themselves bodily into the kitchen and hide neath the cabinets. They close the door. Elsewhere in Jurassic Park, someone's probably musing on how <laughs> raptors can't open doors, right? I mean, sheesh. Jeez, you guys. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Mr. Cotter wonders what he did <laughs> to deserve this. Oh, my God. But those humans are wrong, and in their hubris, they shall lose their wee babbies. For we see the raptoroid hand wrapping around a... a Extra accessible doorknob made for all types of people. Yep. <laughs> I'll just turn this. Yep. Ah. Oh. Be turning my knob later, eh? I like that. See what he did with that. And a trio of raptors saunters in, swinging their pocket watches. <laughs> Let's see what we've got in here. A little bit peckish, always. Where, where, where are you, sir? New, new daddy, where, where are you? Lex says into her, my first walkie-talkie that Grant totally forgot when Ellie hugged it off of him. <laughs> Smash cut, control room. Daddy is not in the kitchen. Daddy is with Ellie, and they are... Nope. Reverse cut. It's the kitchen. The raptors suddenly scent the scent of scaredness. And they start just throwing their bodies around, knocking over pots and pans, clanging into mirrored surfaces. What's that? Hey, hey. Getting outsmarted home alone style by slippery floors covered in ice water. Oh, there's one right there. They go, go, gobble, gobble, gobble. (laughs) (laughs) Their Meredith is burgess (laughs) (laughs) And the kids do some awesome scream acting like screaming while running with their eyes closed and holding their arms out in front of them. (laughs) And they run out of the room. Raptor evaded. Smash cut. Control room. Uh, The kids find Grant and Ellie, and it seems like they're going to be safe. They all start to invest in a family vacation, looking up cool destinations on the computer, when suddenly... Knock, knock. Ah! Come on, give us a taste. Oh no, it's the Velociraptor. And not only can it open doors, but it can push on doors too. Uh, Dr. Grant's fatigued muscles cannot hold it at bay. So Ellie uses her jazzercise quads... That's shitty of me to say. You wanna She's, need more than that, mates? And they, they as a, they as a couple of researchers and lovers hold the raptor at Michael Bay for just a little while longer. Boot up the door locks! Grant cries to Ellie, which is like a phrase that has never been uttered before. <laughs> Nobody says boot up the door locks, but that's the that's the thing that we all know now. Boot up the door locks. Boot, 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 boot. Nice. Let, let me just put on my my uh, uh, UTC vibe. I need, <laughs> I need to fly into the computer. Yeah. Lex passes the lawnmower man and suddenly comes <laughs> to like a little 3D representation of the heart 
of the operating system. It's a Unix system. I am interfaced. Lord Varys opens up a chest and allows her into his system. Why, hello there, little child. Shall I let you into my tiny system of birds? I've made it past the giant's drink. You have nothing to fear. <laughs> I want to boot up the door locks. Da-da-da-da. All the Morlocks turn around sad. <laughs> She's the door locks. Uh-oh. They're booting up the door locks. Get your fingers out of the door, then. The door locks are booted to their fullest extent. And the raptors are locked out from the cock out. Oh, from the cock me out. Uh, <laughs> lock me out. Uh. Bunker cut. Rang, rang. Hello. Hey, this is John Grant. Man at arms. Who? <laughs> the computer's back online. No thanks to you. Oh. Now call the goddamn rescue helicopter. Helicopter's on its way. Ta. <laughs> It's coming through the glass! Sorry, what? Uh, never mind. Uh, peace out. Shotguns are fired ineffectively, and the camera swoops back in the control room floor over a tangled up mess of a shotgun that's choking on its own bullet. <laughs> I'm a paleontologist, not a gun guy. <laughs> um, but remembering his monkey training, Dr. Grant decides to scale a ladder and bring the whole family into the ceiling. What do you call that area? The ductwork? It's not... Is it the ductwork? I mean, they're not in an air vent or anything. They're, they're doing a, like, Johnny B. Good duct walk. Duct... Nice. Yeah. They're in the paneling above the ceiling, like in Aliens, when you peer up there and it's full of xenomorphs. <laughs> they're doing one of those jobbies. We have not yet invented the Jeffries tube. This will have to suffice. So anyway, they're uh, they're just crawling their way around like a bunch of human cockroaches. <laughs> when suddenly Super Mario Raptor bashes one of the panels in with its head and catches fortuitously a Lex. <gasps> Lex falls down and she's like, scrabbling. "I have not yet attained my final form. I can't go yet." Lex and the Raptor are scrabbling around. They're wrestling. <laughs> Everyone's oi, cheering oi, and taking oi, pictures. Oi, 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 oi. Oh, shit. Lex is going for the suplex. <laughs> the raptor rolls a one critical fail. It chokes on its own tongue and it is inc incapacitated just long enough for Dr. Grant to grab Lex. And that is the power of meat free living. <laughs> Grant holds onto her butt and pulls her back up in. To the Skyway. You do that again, and you know what fate awaits you, Dr. Grant. Grant's aorta turns into an artichoke heart. <laughs> ah, so painful. Flash dance to the visitor center. A panel in the wall is kicked open, and suddenly the science family climbs out onto those fossil displays. Is this to be one of Grandfather's amusement rides? It is now, love, says a cockney raptor who leaps willy-nilly, pell-mell, helter-skelter upon those bones, snapping cables, creating a Deadpool situation, <laughs> and the bones are just swinging and swanging and jangling through the sky. Just let me up the apples and pears here. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Come on, lads. It's a super scary scene, which would later be ripped off by James Bond in... 
James Bond what? versus the dinosaurs. <laughs> In the one after Casino Royale. Quantum of Solace. Thank you. In Quantum of Solace. Pretty good fight, though. Anyway. Quantum of Saurus. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Those bones tumble to the ground as Isaac Newton says they all must eventually. Uh, but what's this? Two more raptors show up. Hello, then. Sorry, I'm late, and I finish my shift. Finish shift. <laughs> <laughs> and they start, like, ganging up on the humans, surrounding them like a team of bullies. They slick their hairs back with, like, pomade and stuff and bring out their Riverdale switchblades. Then have sex with each other. <laughs> Archie style. Whoa, whoa there, mate. <laughs> Going a bit far. John Williams is telling us that things are getting real dangerous. It's about to get triangulated. Hey, my friends! How you doing? Hey! <laughs> the whole gang turns and looks at the T-Rex, who has just walked in with a fresh pizza pie for all of us. Hey, these guys bothering you. I'm sorry. I didn't get enough pizza for everybody. You're just going to have to wait for next time. It's cool. It's cool. We're all fine. Uh-oh. Deus ex shockina, the T-Rex throws his pizza down, seeing his friends in danger, and he starts bullying the bullies. Fucking hate this guy, oh, mate. I gotta get out of here. This guy then. Oh, I've had enough of him, I have. In his tiny arms, and he gives him a full-on noogie. Oh, 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 oh. Then that's All right, me. come on. That's oh, a... me pompadour. <laughs> I don't mean anything, but just a friendly way of saying hello. <laughs> Uh, the T-Rex occupies the Cockney Raptors while the remaining humans squeeze out of the visitor center and stroll into Hammond's sweet Jeep. Beep, beep, motherfucker. Did somebody call for an Uber? <laughs> Dr. Grant slides across the dashboard, Dukes of Hazard style. He gets into the shotgun seat. All right, Hammond, push it. Hammond punches the hyperdrive. Yeah. <laughs> and away, and they, away go. they go. Uh, uh, there's one thing I have to know, Dr. Grant. Um, what do you think of me park? Would y yay or nay? Or, you know, I'm just <laughs> trying to take the temperature here. <clears throat> the costumes were great. <laughs> Lots of room for merch. You can throw that logo on anything. And I think I will, yes. <laughs> I've decided not to endorse your bark. Ah, oh, good. I thought it was just me. I, I didn't. I didn't know. I endorse your bark, says the tiny goblin riding the back seat. Ian Malcolm, thinking he's hallucinating, forcibly shoves the goblin off the back of the moving vehicle. Ah! <laughs> <coughs> oh, fortunately, the goblin lands in a pile of skeleton dust from Jurassic Park employees. <laughs> Snap cut. To the helicopter. John Hammond looks wistfully back at his sweet island, which he owns, wishing it could have gone differently. Ugh. The tiny mocking mosquito in his amber cane winks at the camera. <laughs> I hope you learned your lesson, John. <laughs> we all float down here. They all look towards the front, the, the cockpit of the helicopter, and see it empty because... It has been automated. I guess we all lose our jobs in the end, says <laughs> <As> Ellie. <laughs> Dr. Grant looks wistfully at the birds. He knows that someday they will be replaced by Amazon drones. 
Sequel tease cut. Back to the jungle. <laughs> Muldoon's hat begins to move, and you see that that log wasn't a log, but was Dodgson. <laughs> <laughs> This has been We did it, gentlemen! Yay! We have muffed Jurassic Park, a very popular film, in forty minutes or less. Yeah, we did it. Muffed. How do you like that, listeners? You young muffians. I like it. I love it. I love it. Guys, that was a great time. Thank yeah. you for muffin with me. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thank you for having me on. And I'm only mostly drenched in sweat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we already told the audience uh, what you guys do. Real quick, where can they find your work online? Uh, you could just follow me on Twitter where I spend most of the time plugging all these various projects. That's uh, G-E-N underscore Ironicus at Twitter.com. If you don't tweet and you just want to follow one or a few, that's, again, that's Sex Archie, Riverdale Recaps, uh, History Honeys, and Six Feet Under, which is fun time playtime with with good friends. Uh, we have two ongoing campaigns. I uh, am the GM for one, and I'm not involved in the other. Flora, where can people find you online? Find our stuff at blurryphotos.org, blurry underscore photos on Twitter, podcast on just about every other place that you look. That's right. Best podcast in Chicago. Chicago's number one. Says one organization that's not Parsec Awards. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Ah, we will always be bitter military rivals. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate everything you do for us. And until next time, keep it muffy. Put it in your stuffy. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Farewell. Dodson. That's <laughs> why so Nedry like scream laugh that he, he does this it's so squeak. Good. It's so good. I love that part. I love every part. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very special supplementary episode of Muffed Movies! I'm Mark Soloff, and that's it! Uh, (laughs) So, for today's very special supplementary episode, I've decided to uh, attempt the ludicrous uh, endeavor of doing a solo muffing. Why, you may ask? Well, because I just saw the Star Wars, the movie, The Force Awakens, and I wanted to share it with all of you. Uh, so I thought it would be fun to muff it. Uh, this is going to be a solo muffing. Uh, but as is the tradition of muffed movies, this uh, podcast will only be 45 minutes. I, I will completely improvise Star Wars The Force Awakens, <clears throat> playing all the characters uh, in 45 minutes. Now that's a hard and fast rule. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> So uh, so this is a little experimental present for all you loyal listeners and fans and Blaster Apostles who have been so kind as to support my work thus far. Let's hope you continue after this one. Here we go. Star Wars The Force Awakens. 
It is a time, 30 years after the events of Return of the Jedi, and the terrifying First Order has risen from the ashes of the crumpled Empire. What is the First Order, you might ask? It's basically stormtroopers again and Nazi types. Uh, The Republic, led by General Leia Organa, resists the First Order and searches for her brother Luke Skywalker, who has disappeared. She has a lead and has sent a most trusted pilot, Poe Dameron, to the junk planet Jakku to find out what where Luke Skywalker might have gone. So let's find out what happens. Star Wars The Force Awakens. Wake up. Grab a brush and put a little makeup. Space cut. We see the junkyard planet of Jakku, gray, ugly, and dismal, floating in the inky void of outer space. Is it Tatooine? No, not Tatooine. Pretty close, but it's not Tatooine, you guys. <laughs> Don't call it Tatooine. Uh, what's this? A shadow begins to loom large over the surface of the planet. How could it? Is this a solar eclipse? I don't fucking know. Oh, wait. No, it's not. A giant evil star destroyer cuts a wedge across this sunlight and eclipses Jakku in its evil black shadow. Oh, man. It looks like the Empire's up to its old tricks. Wait, it's not the Empire. It's the First Order this time. Uh, let's find out what they want with the planet Jakku. <clears throat> Fade wipe. It is night in the desert on the planet of Jakku. We see the tiny village of Tuanul. There are campfires built into the sand. Weird-looking aliens live their humble lives, eking by, just trying to make it through another day an alcoholic alien uh, is attending a meeting trying to get his life back on track another alien is patting him on the back for being so brave as to face his inner demons but this isn't his story we follow a um, little ball droid the ball droid you guys the ball droids in this one Uh, it's an orange and white soccer ball looking affair named BB-8 uh, and it is uh, like a watchdog. It's patrolling in the sands. It's driving around, looking around, s- sniffing the ground for clues. It finds like a mole and <laughs> devours it with its bloodthirsty droid hunger. But this is not the story of that mole either. We follow BB-8's gaze and it goes into the open flap of a secretive tent. Tent wipe. Inside the tent we see Father Marin from The Exorcist wearing some old druid's robes. He is looking into the eyes of a guy who kind of looks like Damien Karras, also from The Exorcist, a swarthy, handsome pilot named Poe Dameron, who is Princess Leia's ace in the hole. He's the new fucking kick-ass fighter pilot today, you guys. Get out of here, Han Solo. This is Poe's territory. This is Poe Town, USA, except it's on Jakku. <clears throat> Father Marin hands Poe a satchel. Uh, all right, then. Uh, I suppose you're a member of the resistance that everyone's been talking about, eh? Well, uh, <clears throat> listen to me. If you want to find Luke Skywalker, you must look inside this bag that I press into your hands and f- get the... D- there's a map in there, and you're going to find him. You plug the map into a computer or whatever, and then you will be able to find where Luke Skywalker has gone. 
uh, thank you very much, old man, but uh, uh, why exactly are you giving me this map? Why don't you just tell me the location of Luke Skywalker? If I told you where Luke Skywalker was, it would be too easy. No, he's left an elaborate series of hints and clues and Easter eggs that you must find. Also bonus content. And so, you know, follow the map and eventually you'll find the Skywalker. And then we'll all be saved from the First Order. Speaking of the First Order, Poe Dameron feels a coldness grip his pilot's heart. He hears the whine and whir of BB-8's scared spherical body. And the little robot looks up to the sky. Droid, I'm sorry. Droid looks up to the sky, up to the stars. What does it smell with its amazing olfactory capacity? What does it smell? Smash wipe to the interior of a stormtrooper dropship. Everything is super scary, and we see, like, 18 stormtroopers all lined up in a real militaristic way. None of them are saying shit, because they're all so fucking hard. They, they've got their rifles and, and all that stuff it's totally stashed away. <laughs> One of the stormtroopers is uh, looking at a picture of his sweetheart from back home. He wonders if he'll ever get to see her again. Uh, he won't. The dropship rocks and cavorts <laughs> the dropship rocks and tilts noisily uh, as it violently breaks through the atmosphere of the planet Jakku. Suddenly the dropship lands on the surface with a clatter and uh, all the stormtroopers flood out into the village of Tanul. Are they here on a mercy mission? Fuck no! These stormtroopers cock their rifles and start blasting everybody with blaster bolts. Pew 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 uh, so, so basically, I guess I turned to alcohol when I was just a young Rodian because it seemed like an escape from the harsh realities of the planet Jakku. But now that I'm uh, clean and sober, 13 days, I feel like things are really starting to look... Ah! A blaster bolt fires through the Alien Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, uh, killing everyone in sight. The stormtroopers are kicking down tents. They're stomping on the people inside of it. Oof, eef, oof, ah. Oh, man, they are just kicking ass and not even taking names. Uh, and one of the stormtroopers... Oh, we'll get back to him. Poe Dameron, freaked out from the cheeks out, grabs his little sphere droid and runs to an X-Wing fighter. Oh, the nostalgia. We see the brilliant-looking X-Wing fighter, and Poe shoves the ball droid up its orifice and hops in himself. All right, R2, or whatever your name is, let's fucking get out of here. Let's put the pedal to the metal. The little droid whirs and beeps. And their engines ignite. They are just about to take off, saving the map of Luke Skywalker's whereabouts, when suddenly a stormtrooper shoots out the engine. The tailpipe of the X-Wing flies asunder. Oh, god damn it. Ha-ha! <laughs> gotcha! <laughs> Bo Dameron uh, stealthily jumps out of the back of his X-Wing and tries to repair it. Meanwhile, we focus in on one of the stormtroopers while the rest of his cohorts have been mercilessly ripping off people's arms and shoving them up places they shouldn't be shoved. This stormtrooper is just kind of phoning it in. He's like running around like like finding a dead guy and then like picking him up and shooting him and going, hey, I got one. And uh, he's really, you know, it looks like he's having a crisis of conscience. Uh, this, of course, is the legendary stormtrooper FN2187. He's hanging out with his best buddy, and uh, when suddenly 
his best friend in the whole world, the other stormtrooper, gets shot with a, a bullet and his head explodes in a baptism of gore. FN2187 uh, has all of a sudden uh, his visor smeared with blood. <laughs> he is shaken to the core. It's very interesting to see a stormtrooper suddenly freaked out. You know, we see a stormtrooper feeling emotions. He looks at his gun and he casts it aside, realizing this isn't the life for him. He wants to be a lumberjack, but he, you know, he's signed up for four years for the stormtrooper to get that college credit. So he's in it to win it. Meanwhile, Poe Dameron is fixing his engines as hard as he can when suddenly the black sky grows even darker and we see the giant rectangular wings of an evil-looking escort shuttle landing its palpably evil body on the sand. The doors open and down a ramp walks pretty much Darth Vader. It is Kylo Ren, the evil dark Jedi, replete with his black cloak, his black robes, and his black pseudo-Darth Vader, pseudo-Bane helmet. You can see no humanity in this evil man, for he's evil. Stormtrooper, Kylo Ren says to the nearest trooper. Hey, yes, my lord. Have you brought me the map of where Luke Skywalker is? Uh, no, my lord. We couldn't find the uh, ball droid, but <laughs> we're working on it, so fuck off. Excuse me? I mean, I, I didn't mean to tell you to fuck off. I'm just... I have uh, that space disease where you tell people to fuck off all the time. I suspect that that isn't actually... Is that a real thing? No, my lord. It's not a real thing. Fuck off! Kylo Ren throws a tantrum and uses the force to crush the stormtrooper inwards, imploding the poor man. All we see is a white sphere that once was his plasticky white armor. All right. <laughs> Attention, village. My name is Kylo Ren. I'm new. Uh, pretty much I'm the bad guy of this picture. And, yep. Uh, if you could be so kind as to turn over the ball droid, uh, I won't have to slaughter all of you. Uh, out of the corner of uh, Kylo Ren's visor, he spots the X-Wing. Ho, 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 what's this? Poe Dameron gives the ball droid a, a passionate kiss on the eye and says, Run, little guy, run as fast as you can. I'll, I'll catch up with you somehow. And BB-8, BB-8 accelerates off into the desert faster than a World Cup soccer ball kicked by Pele himself. That's the most recent soccer reference I know. Uh, Poe Dameron turns to face the embodiment of evil. He picks up his blaster and shoots it at the bad guy. Pew, pew! But before the blaster bolt can hit Kylo Ren, he makes a gesture with his arm. And the blaster bolt, made of pure laser bolt energy, freezes in midair. I can't believe it! G Kylo Ren pulls Poe Dameron close with the evilness of the Force and freezes his body. Everyone in the village falls silent. It's as though the greatest fight is about to begin. Everyone in the village falls silent. Except for not even a mouse. Everyone in the village falls silent. Except for the 
boombox, which is still playing California Love. The evil Kylo Ren forces Poe Dameron down onto his knees. He kneels in front of the X-Wing pilot, and the two men regard each other, mask to face. An intense silence ensues. Poe Dameron, where is your droid? I don't know what you're talking about over here, sheesh. You had a droid. It looked like a ball. Right. Pretty hard to miss, quite frankly. It's got Luke Skywalker's last known nook location. I won't ask you again, Poe Dameron. Where is the droid? You know, sheesh, I see a lot of droids around. I mean, my plane, it's got computer systems, I got a cell phone. You kind of look like a droid yourself. Oh, thank you. Hey, don't mention it. Um, if you're not going to tell me where the droid is, then uh, grab him. Boys, grab his arms and his legs and take him into the torture ship. Whoa, hey, what about the Geneva Convention? Yeah, you're going to a convention, all right. A torture convention. That's not a thing. You're not a thing. Shut up. The evil ship blasts off, and in the distance, the tiny glint of the ball droid's eye camera looks forlornly as its master is taken away to be tortured by the First Order. Flashcut 2, the interior of the Star Destroyer. We see the freaked out stormtrooper with a bloody helmet remove his helmet. He is sweating bullets and gasping. He's clutching his chest. He's so panicked. Oh, my goodness. Also, he's a black guy, which is very surprising to racists. The stormtrooper leans up against a bulkhead when suddenly a big stormtrooper in a ridiculous metal stormtrooper outfit like a medieval knight clanks up behind him. This is the dreaded Captain Phasma, who will pretty much play no part in the story whatsoever, but has a cool action figure, I'm sure, and is inside that suit, Brienne of Tarth from the Game of Thrones. Stormtrooper. Who told you that you could take off your helmet? Uh, no one, ma'am. I'm sorry, I just needed to catch my breath. Well, once your breath has been caught, be sure to put your helmet back on and, you know, continue doing mindless stormtrooper work. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, you'll be sorry. You'll be sorry. Uh, uh, stormtroopers aren't supposed to take off their helmets. Everyone knows if you remove your helmet for too long, you, that you, and, and, and somebody sees you. You'll, you'll be off-brand, and we'll all look silly. The Imagineers, who created our uniforms, worked very hard to make sure that we all were uniform. I mean, that's the word uniform means uh, it all looks like the same thing. If uh, we're all supposed to look the same, then how come you're wearing a metal suit of armor? That's because I have an allergy to plastics, and so I can only wear this pewter suit of armor. It's very inconvenient. It's very heavy for me. Uh, but I'm Captain Phasma. So, just deal with it. Snip snap. See you later, bitch. All right. <laughs> Captain Phasma. With a flourish, Captain Phasma winks out of existence. <laughs> Basically for the rest of the movie. Blastra Podcast is a proud member of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. If you like our show, you might like some of their other offerings, like blurry photos. Blurry photos humorously sheds light on the shadowy dark.